2: Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential.
3: Hi, Tiana Sanchez. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, Life Unscripted. I'm so grateful to have you here this wonderful afternoon, talking to our savvy business owners on how to bootstrap a startup, despite some blocks that you might have getting started. I I know myself, I just told you before we got got started that often we will be blocked for making the best actions appropriate when getting started. Uh, I know some of my um, starter friends when they were getting started with their business are like, what is my colors on my website? Do they look pretty? And I'm like, you know what? That's the last thing people really care about. Is it functional? Can people find you? Um, so share with us first on those things. We're going to get into all those tidbits, but first share a little bit about your backstory with our savvy audience.
1: Yes. So before I became an entrepreneur, I was an employee working in the financial industry. So I was like to say I I went from employee, unemployed employee to to CEO of my own company. Uh, But I started at the ripe old age of 17 years old, working in food and beverage and retail and clothing and all that wonderful stuff. And landed a job in the financial industry and had always pretty much been in a management role. And then the recession that most Gen Xers are familiar with happened in 2007 and eight, right? And Mm. financial hardships, banks were closing and everything was chaotic and I lost my job. Mm. And I decided, and this is a pivotal moment, especially for people who Think about starting a business. It usually comes on the heels of a life altering moment. It comes on a solution for someone or like you have this bright idea. And so for me, my life altering moment was I was let go. And I said, well, what do I want to do? On this hand, it was like the 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 green pill. Was it the blue pill and the red pill in the Matrix? Yeah, yeah. On this on this side, I could you know go work for somebody else. If I took this pill, I could start my own business. And so, mm-hmm. like Neo, I decided to take the plunge and I decided to start my own business. And ninety days later, I have now what is Tiana Sanchez International? That was twelve years ago and. Wow. We've worked with a ton of different companies. We've been mm-hmm. acknowledged um, in different programs for award-winning coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a book and a couple of books and a and a podcast.
3: That's so cool. Now, I, I'm guessing it wasn't because my husband always said that. He said- it drives me nuts when I see someone super successful, but, and I see day one, but what happened all the time in between? It just seems like they woke up one day and they were super successful. And that's not the case. It, there were moments, I'm sure going up the ladder where it's a little bit back, then coming forward. So what was the pivotal moment for one that you realized, okay, coaching's the thing. And then how did you get from A to where you are today?
1: About a year before I left the banking industry or before I was laid off. I started really exploring other opportunities because the company I worked with was getting a little toxic mm. and I started thinking, I didn't even realize it of, a, of an exit strategy, but I had never left a job. i had never, I had never, let's say been let go and really mm. resigned at a place where I was happy. And so I looked at the coaching environment and it came about because at the time life coaching was like out of this world. It was just like, everybody was doing life coaching and you would just see coaching here coach. And it's a huge, it's a billion dollar industry. And I thought about, well, huh, this is interesting, you know, because it's professional development. I said, well, Tiana, what have you been doing over your entire career? 17 years old. Well, you've been managing, you've been hiring people, you've been training them, you've been Mm -hmm. essentially coaching them and working with them. And I said, oh, that feels really natural to me. Hmm. So I feel like it was divine intervention, Christina, because it wasn't something that I had had planned for, but. Little did I know mm-hmm. a year later, I would be unemployed. And so immediately that was where I, went. I said 90 days later, I started, um, a business and it was a coaching mm-hmm. practice yeah. and it was essentially kind of under the umbrella of life coaching. Uh-huh. Um, I worked closely with people that I knew they were like my Guinea pigs, if you will, <laughs> and started to kind of build that business and got, went through an accelerated coaching program mm-hmm. And then, you know, started working with clients, but I soon realized that it wasn't life coaching that really, you know, put the fire under me. It was more or less, it was, it was professional development in the realm of companies and working specifically with managers because I Mm. was one. Mm. So we can
3: dive more into that, but
1: that was how I got into doing the business started off primarily with coaching and now it's expanded to more service offerings.
3: That's awesome. And you know, it's interesting. I've heard so many stories throughout the years on Savvy, where that's uh, some cat catastrophic event happened. And someone's like, Okay, now what? And it's actually at those moments, it feels like the biggest, not blessing, but it turns out to be a blessing, because those are the moments that cause you to pause and say, Okay, now what? How do I want to live the rest of my life? Now, um, also, we had talked just before the interview that You'll get started and you'll have an idea, but there'll often be things stopping you from fully bringing that to fruition or being as um, successful as you could be. What are some of those you've exhibited or seen with your businesses or people you work with?
1: So I call those blockers and it's not a word, you know, I made up, everybody's heard blockers, (laughs) but blockers really are those things that block you from, you know, living out your full potential or blocking you from an idea or pursuing an idea. So oftentimes the blockers are, I don't have the experience, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have the experience. We don't have the money. We don't have the network, right? So Mm -hmm. usually those are like the top three. So you, you know, usually when I think of, okay, well, let me not focus on what I don't have because those things are, are absolutely correct. But oftentimes we forget what we do have. And -hmm. sometimes those, what we do have are intangibles, And they can combat some of the things that we don't have. So for example, let's say I don't have um, a degree. You Mm -hmm. know, I I didn't go to school. I didn't go through, you know, matriculate and all of that. Mm -hmm. But what I do have is still, I have, um, you know, knowledge and trade Mm -hmm. skills, transferable skills that Mm -hmm. I've garnered over, you know, two decades of work. And that's worth something. So you learn that's still education. It's a different kind of an education, right? Mm -hmm. Well, let's say I don't have, Money. I don't have finances, because that's a big one, right? Yeah. And then you go, Okay, well, let me see, what do I do have? Do I have the ability to generate income based on the knowledge that I have? Or do I know people who be willing to make an investment in me? Or do I have the ability to go get a loan if I don't have money? Or, you know, you get really creative on figuring out ways. And sometimes what what our blockers are, are our own self. I don't, I don't have the confidence, you know, mm. no one's gonna want to buy from me. I've never started a business before, I've never done these things. And so that that becomes doubt becomes a blocker. Yeah. And so you have to again think of what can combat that. Well, I may not i you know, I may be doubtful in this particular area, but again, I have maybe people that I know that can mm. um, you know, give me some feedback or who can act as a resource mm. or you know, someone I can lean on. And so The blockers oftentimes are narratives. They're things that we're making up um, or they may be real things like money and so forth. But there's other things that we can consider that can help us to at least pursue the idea. If nothing else, it's not going to hurt anything to pursue the idea.
3: You got to test
1: it, but you can pursue it.
3: I, you know, I love that you say that because I recall one of the first lessons I got. I hired um someone when I first got started who had been in my industry for many years and had created a very successful AR um collections firm and multi millions. And then I we became Twitter friends, and I said, "Could I pick your brain?" She's like, "Sure, here's my cost, you know, per hour." I'm like. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm not free. So, but we met and it was a great investment. But what I found amazing about her story is she said, I had two kids. I was like, you had been laid off. But what she did have, even though she didn't have any clients is she had, um, she had gumption. She went to a number of chamber of hall, uh, you know, met with business owners and said, here's what I can do for you. What accounts do you have that you've already written off that you see that you can't collect on? Boom. I'll take those free of charge. You don't have to pay me anything. If I can collect on them, you give me 10%. Now they've already, you know, figured out or or decided that we can't collect on them. We've tried, we tried, we tried. If I do something for you, then you pay me 10% commission. That's it. That's how she got her first couple of clients that then were with her for years and years and years. And so, you know, she might have not had clients. Like you say, clients are a big issue. Money is a big issue. Well, you know, her getting out there with her skills that she had garnered over many years, she was able to use that as um, leverage.
1: Great example. Love it. Yeah. There's a coffee cup that I actually have. It says, going back to when she charged you, it says, if you want to pick my brain, pick a payment plan. And it actually, ah! had, I can't take the credit. It's a phenomenal woman on LinkedIn who I follow. And I was like, oh my God, I have to have that cup. And I bought it.
3: You know, it's so interesting. I had the same thing happen uh, many years later when people want to pick my brain about podcasting and how do I get my own podcast going and speaking. And I said, okay, here's my rate. And uh, one of them, you know, put down, in fact, I've had several of those type of sessions, but one guy said, I don't think I got enough value. I'm like, okay, fine. Uh, my time is already my time. So it's up to you what you do with the information I gave you. Um, That's right. but you know, it's interesting. And I had the same kind of, uh, when, she, when she said that to me, cause I thought, like, I thought we were Twitter friends. You're not going to help me. Um, but you know what, her time, I, I sat back and realized it's like when I'm in a job and I'm sitting there getting paid for hours, you know, you expect to be paid for your time. So why would it be any different for someone who's giving up their valued, um, skills that they took years to garner and, and you're requesting that information. Bingo. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, what have you seen? Because one thing I find is often business owners will be preoccupied with silly things like, oh, how's my business cards look? And da, da, da. instead of paying attention to things that kind of move the business forward, I kind of see those as blocks, as being fearful to do the things that really build your business because it feels easier just to work on the website, the newsletter and all that stuff.
1: Honestly, I, I, if I had to do it over, I would have done a few things differently. One of them, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I did do. One of the things that I did do is I started attending different, um, you know, classes. I went to every mm-hmm. seminar webinar, you know, everything that I could get my hands on so that I could educate myself. Cause I'm, I was coming from again, an environment where I didn't know what it was to run a business no one in my family at the time, the way I was aware of had run a business. I would later find someone in my family line that did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also did not graduate from college. I didn't have a degree. And so I just said, I'm going to absorb everything that I can, you know, and immediately out the gate. But what I would have liked to have done is been more, um, operational savvy. So when we think of our mm-hmm. business, you have business operations, right? You think of your finance side, you think of, think of your sales process. You think of your marketing. Mm-hmm. It's everything that a company, a regular company would have, right? Those mm-hmm. departments. Yeah, You have to have those departments in your business. The only difference is you're the head of all those departments. And as Mm. one person, usually in a company, you got different people for different departments, but as a starting, a budding entrepreneur, you're over finance, you're over sales, you're Mm. over marketing, you're over technology Mm. and having a greater understanding and also knowing that I don't have to do it alone. And I realized that probably midway, Mm. having partnerships and bringing people in to help go do my finances and having a team do marketing and so, so Mm. forth. But early on, I would have loved to have greater understanding. And then second, I would have loved to have taken some business classes to understand how to read my PL statement, why it's mm-hmm. important to have a balance sheet. So why, while having a website is definitely helpful and you can do them very easy now. Back yeah. in the day, it wasn't so easy. Yeah. But you can do them very easy now. And you get a, you know, a, a page up there. Mm. Um it is helpful because, like you said, you want people to find you. But if you have a stellar LinkedIn profile, That could be a great starting point because LinkedIn and isn't, I don't have any, you know, stock yet LinkedIn, but they're a great platform for marketing Mm. yourself and and they could be a good substitute in lieu of a website. And then instead of business cards, Christina, I don't even have regular business card. I have an app on my phone. So when I go to events, I'm like, Mm. here, scan this. And it downloads my contact information. It's so easy. So yeah, today there are definitely things that you can do to minimize like those concerns and worries about, I got to get my my business cards and my website. Mm. Focus on your business operations and getting that in sync.
3: That is such tremendous advice. I mean, uh, getting started, it is overwhelming knowing all the little bits. And and that's kind of why I started Savvy at first because there's so many bits even today I'm still learning about. But it's great when you can start to and here's something important I I learned several years out is that I used to think, Oh my God, I can't afford a full-time person or even a part-time person. But like you said, uh, getting help doesn't have to be that. It could be a vendor that you hire from time to time to help you with necessary marketing or whatever to get started. So it doesn't have to be a full-time part-time person that you have to worry about paying their salary to get started. It could be per project or things that you need individually done for your business.
1: That is the biggest myth that we can't afford to hire a team. Mm-hmm. That it's going to cost you know thousands upon thousands of dollars, and yeah. I'm so glad that you said that because there are you know virtual teams. You can hire mm-hmm. someone on a per project basis. You can hire someone hourly. You can hire interns. You can hire college mm-hmm. graduates to do various parts of the project. And there's wonderful websites. You have Upwork. You have Fiverr. You mm-hmm. have you know companies that you know that I work with that help me with my virtual team that help me to staff. Um, various roles. And so Mm -hmm. it is absolutely doable. Um, And there's tools like Canva. If you don't think you can hire a graphic person or a marketing Mm -hmm. team, Canva is great because they already have the templates. Just plug in your info. Hey, there you got a, a, you know, a Twitter post or Instagram Mm -hmm. post or what have you. So there's definitely tools and things. And so I'm glad you brought that up. It is one of the biggest myths that you can't afford a team. You absolutely can.
3: You know, in this age of technology, it's amazing. And I I also started using chat GBT as a tool, not like to do everything for us, but the idea that it could help with some marketing or whatever. And it does cut down on time. So what's another thing that people, I don't have enough time. I'm just overwhelmed. I have the kid. Well, this is yet another tool that you could use to help Grow your business now. If you're a good, um, how should you say, editor and such, you might not need it a lot, but it can give you some ideas. Like I'll plug in there a certain topic and then give me a number of of posts or whatever, and then I just revise it to what matches for me. So it just gives you ideas as long as well as tool to you to help you get up messaging and content.
1: When you start your business, you know it's easy to compare yourself with other people. And <laughs> what I will say to your listeners is that. You have to be at your own pace in your own time. Mm-hmm. Don't look at your age or when you start. Oh, I'm so far behind because people are starting at 16 now and I'm, you know, 32. You're at your own pace in your own time and not worrying about what others are doing in terms of where you fall and you know, how far you're progressing, mm-hmm. but just think of what you need to get done and work that process and not be overly concerned about who's doing what. Yeah. Um, and if you want to get what others have, then you have to be willing to do what they, what they did. And I know for me, I, I value my time with my family. I value certain things that I don't want to work 60, 70 hours a week Well, Mm-mm. some people do, and they mm-hmm. might make, you know, a hundred thousand more than me. And I'm okay with that because I want my time. So you also mm-hmm. have to dig deep within your values to find out what's going to be negotiable and what's non-negotiable as you start your business.
3: Yeah, and, and that's a great thing to get started with. Have it all down, as well as what's important to you, as you said, your values, what's negotiable, what's non-negotiable, um, and what you want your life to look like. I remember writing down that I wanted to work a four-hour work day and that I wanted to get up late and meditate, exercise, and and that's great. And I started that week one with nothing set. And I'm thinking, okay, this isn't going to work because I need to put a little bit of effort in it and build. And and that's what I think you're mentioning there is look at, you know, don't judge yourself on what others are doing, but there is a bit of effort to reach the spot where now things are flowing and start to run on its own. Cause you want to get to the point where it is running on its own and you're not having to be there all the time.
1: Yeah. That, that's, a, I think that's a really good goal for, for most um, growing and prospering entrepreneurs is that you want to get to a point where you're still overseeing day to day, but you may not being, be the one that has to be involved in, mm-hmm. in providing or producing every aspect of product of service of your business, mm-hmm. that you have automated certain things, or that you have a team of people under you are partnering with you that can do that. And I would say this year, 2023, we have about a team of five Individuals that now support the business in a variety of capacities where, again, you know, six years ago, we didn't have that. And Mm -hmm. so now we've progressed to a point where business has grown to where I don't have to be every place. Mm -hmm. I have individuals that partner with me that go out and teach and train and do research and analyze and all of that stuff. And it's a great partnership. So definitely something, I think, for a, a you know, progressing Mm -hmm. entrepreneur to, to keep that in mind.
3: Now tell me, uh, there's someone listening in today. I haven't started a business yet, but I have an idea. What's step one? What would you tell them the first couple of things they should do or think about before they get started?
1: What's the problem that you're solving? Mm-hmm. Um, what? Who else out there does solves this problem? Um, and does it either like you or different than you or how you might consider doing it? So you're already identifying if there's a need and you're identifying your competition, like right off the bat, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking about something, number one, what's the problem that you're trying to solve? And number two, research. Is someone else already meeting this need? And if they are, how are they doing it? And how could I be doing it differently or Mm -hmm. doing it better? So that's a great place to start. And then the third thing that you would want to do is test your idea, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have an idea to... You know, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but whatever that idea is, you know, test it. I need to conduct some market research. I need to try it on some people. I need to, you know, you know, ask some folks and you know, things like that to see if there is a need for this, to see if people would be interested in what I have to offer. So if you have an idea, the good news is it usually stems from something personal with you. Like mm-hmm. I said, mine came on the heels of catastrophic event, me, me being laid off. Um, but I also had experience in this. A lot of ideas come from something that we're very connected to, we're very passionate about. Maybe it's an, you -hmm. know, an illness that you struggle with and you have an idea to help with some supplements to help strengthen the body. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe you, you know, you came from a a poor community that didn't have clean water. And so now you have an idea how to turn dirty water into clean water in certain, Mm -hmm. I mean, the ideas are, you know, are endless. So those would be the three things that I would, that I would encourage someone who has an idea and not Mm -hmm. sure where to start.
3: Yeah. And I I like that because one thing I notice about a lot of businesses, whether big, small, medium, is the loss of customer service. And whether you're a digital business or not, that real keeping connection with your customer and showing good quality customer care that they matter is often lost on a lot of businesses I deal with. So if you can even bring that to the table, let's say, okay, I do just what XYZ does over here, but I can lend myself to add that quality customer care and attention that maybe the others aren't.
1: Oh, yeah. Agreed. We can talk about customer service all day long.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, this has been awesome, Tiana. I loved having you out here today, sharing your great wisdom. Where can everyone find out more about you? Um, Check out your website, your books. How can they do that?
1: Very easy. Go to TianaSanchez.com. That's one N-T-I-A-N-A sanchez with a z at the end.com and they can find out everything they need to know look at books resources all of that yummy goodness
3: (laughs) you talk just like me girl (laughs) tiana thank you again for coming to savvy broadcasting and sharing your great wisdom today on savvy broadcasting thank you for having me you betcha